Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the weekly Q&A. For our first question, Lil God asks what we think about Andor being shrunk down from five seasons into three. Did you uh, see that? Not article. I think it was a interview with like the director of photography for Andor. I think I saw some people talking about it. That's I, I haven't seen the whole thing either. I just yeah saw discussions of it. But from what I can tell, the director of photography said that he was shooting on Andor. He's about to go do season two, and that uh, the original plan was for it to be five seasons, and now it's going to be three instead. And that's pretty much all he said. Um, that. I don't know. That sounds fine to me. And the rumor is that Andor, or not even a rumor, they straight up said that first season was going to be 12 episodes like two years ago. So if that's the case and all three seasons are the same, that's 36 episodes. Like that's still more than four Mandalorian seasons. <laughs> yeah, I think that's plenty. Um, I don't know what kind of story they're planning on telling, but my first reaction was, oh, maybe the seasons will just be a little bit longer instead of them breaking it up so much. Because, um, like, I don't know. I mean, I, I love Cassian, but five seasons? The, the the reason I'm, like, not worried about this at all is because season one hasn't come out. It's not like, we were going to do five seasons, but then, you know, it didn't get the ratings we wanted, so we're cutting the story short and we're changing it now. It's like, no, this sounds like a during production thing that happened. And even I believe K2SO was supposed to be in the show from the start or at least in season one. And then he got moved to season two. So they did change showrunners at some point. So I think that maybe when all the changes happened and they were like, okay, we're not going to do five seasons. We'll do three. We'll tell a more efficient story, which I think is good. I, I like when a, a story just, you know, knows what it wants to do and what it wants to say and it's not going to waste any time getting there. It's like, this This is the story. Here you go. I have an idea of what happened. Uh, they were going to have so many characters have their own special cameo episodes by then, but then they saw people weren't so happy about Boba Fett barely even <laughs> being in one of his episodes in his show, so they were like, ooh, maybe we should cut those down and kind of like blend everything together a little bit more. The season's two through five it was like gonna be a cameo of the week thing and they're like never mind i doubt it <laughs> I, I think that that would have been too fast for all that to change i feel like all of this happened a while ago yeah and we're just now hearing about it because the director of photography casually dropped some little like it wasn't even a bomb to him he was just like yeah it was gonna be five seasons now it's three and star wars fans are like what what like, what did they cut clamoring yeah because the original showrunner was going to be the person who ran the Americans, I think, that spy show. And then it shifted to Tony Gilroy. So I think Tony Gilroy is probably just making it his own and changing how it's going to be. Um, but yeah, I like the idea that they're like, no, this is a three-season story. 
It's not like we're going to start and who knows how long it'll go and we'll just make it up and, uh, you know, shows can work that way. But yeah, that's how you really run a show into the ground and potentially kill it. (laughs) Exactly. Like I would rather them know, like, this is what the show is Mm -hmm. and this is how we're going to say it. You're going to have to explain your tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) No, I won't. Well, I guess I will on the live stream. Reese Griffiths Jenkins wants to know what they should read in the run-up to Kenobi. You know, there's not a ton that's out right now today that I would be like, you definitely need to read this. Because, I mean, the Kenobi novel, The Legends One by John Jackson Miller, great read. Uh, I don't think it's going to influence the series at all. So I think you could skip it i would highly recommend reading it just because it's fun and it's the same era um but it's not like you're going to be missing anything without it Mm -hmm. i don't really think there's anything right now that you know is going to super inform the series yeah i mean you could you could read the legends obi-wan book but i don't think i honestly don't think they're gonna pull much from even that um aside from reading i would say maybe go back and watch some Clone Wars episodes. Uh, but I, yeah, I can't think of anything else specific to read. Although you could read the Ahsoka novel, I guess, to see what Bale is up to. That's true. That's a good one. Actually, that is a good one. <laughs> uh, it, it takes place one year after Revenge of the Sith. But if you haven't read that, it kind of gets into some early rebellion stuff. Bale has a decent sized part in it. Leia kind of does uh not not a decent sized part she appears as still a, an infant um but yeah that's a good one I was gonna say Brotherhood which comes out on May 10th uh I really really liked that book it's all about you know Obi-Wan and Anakin so it might make you uh feel a little more a little even sadder you know <laughs> when Obi-Wan and Vader face off again uh they would put a book out all about their literal brotherhood just to then show us Kenobi and like the, yeah have the two of them oh. fight again yeah that was definitely on purpose I, I forgot about that because I haven't read it yet yeah uh I, I just recently read it really liked it um I again I don't think it's gonna offer any clues or anything towards what we're gonna see I don't know if that's what you're asking or if it's just like hey I want some good Obi-Wan stories um <laughs> there are also some of the Star Wars comics by Jason Aaron uh, told an Obi-Wan story with Luke and Owen Lars and Black Kersantan from the Book of Boba Fett. Um, I don't think we're going to see that rehashed in Kenobi, but uh, it, it's a pretty fun read, especially if you were if you saw Black Kersantan and you were like, I want to know more about that character. It's like, well, he fought Obi-Wan. <laughs> Damien Vonderhaar asks if Max Rebo will still be able to get gigs if everyone he works with keeps dying. I hadn't really thought about that, but it's true. Is Max Rebo cursed? Oh man, I I don't think so. I he's he's booked. He's booked for life. Uh, and no, not everyone dies that he works with. It's just like we've seen a lot. One hundred percent of the people that we have seen him performing for have died in explosions. I mean, Java was technically asphyxiated first, but then he blew up. Same with Garcif Whip. She blows up too. Who else have we seen him perform? That's two. Those two people. Just those two. But that's 100%.
it's not it's not looking good max <laughs> i love max rebo but i don't know if i'd want him performing at my birthday party he's he's had a lot of gigs you know what i said that and i immediately regretted it it's worth the risk i can't believe you've done this it's worth the risk <laughs> are you now like you've doomed us yeah you've jinxed it <laughs> Ugh. Well, he's coming to my next birthday party, and we'll see. Hopefully, we don't explode. I, I'm going to invite him to my birthday party. You, he's lost all respect. Okay, well that that's fine, but I'm not coming to your birthday party now because I don't want to blow up. <laughs> but I, I liked that question because I that's just not something that had occurred to me. I was like, oh my god, yeah, everyone that he performs for blows up. Well, this is also assuming he survived this uh, second explosion that he was he wasn't there he was out of the building for sure he wasn't in the bathroom or anything he he walked down the street he had a night off so he didn't he wasn't even there when that explosion happened that was just a coincidence i mean he still he still worked there i'm just saying but but i think we answered our own question here (laughs) that both of us want him to perform at our birthday parties uh (laughs) despite Moral of the story yeah. here. <laughs> Despite his bad track record, he's still talented enough. There was never any question about his talent. <laughs> Ice Phoenix 2 wants to know what we think of Charles Soule joining Lucasfilm as a creative consultant. I love that. I love that so much. I really, really like the way he writes Star Wars. I think uh, we have a... I, I never want to just say, like, he gets Star Wars. He has a very similar understanding of Star Wars as I do. And so... I love uh, seeing him getting to take more steps into Lucasfilm that way. I'm equally excited. I haven't read as many of his projects as you have, but I've enjoyed everything I have read from him. And I think he, I think he does get Star Wars, but I think just about everybody who's you know done books or movies or shows kind of gets Star Wars. Yeah, but I, I don't. I just don't like putting a a flag down on like this is the one and only way to get star wars like sure but no i think he has a lot of fun with it and he's really great at introducing new characters uh, new places new things in star wars so i'm i'm here for it yeah i i love love his darth vader run every single issue had some bombshell in it that just month after month i was like give me more uh, he also did an Obi-Wan and Anakin comic. I forgot to mention that one. It takes place uh, about three years into Anakin's training. Um, but there's another Obi-Wan story to read if you haven't read that one. Uh, yeah, I love uh, what he's doing in the High Republic. Uh, I-, I just think he's really, really talented. I was going to say, what what's he done in High Republic so Light far? Light of the Jedi and uh, the Eye of the Storm comic and... Uh, that might be it. I, f- I mean, he's been busy still. He does the main Star Wars run. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm missing something, but those are the two big ones. Yeah, I mean, my mind immediately went to Light of the Jedi, which was the first adult novel in the High Republic that got released. And like, I think that grabbed a lot of people's attention really, really well, including myself. And uh, he just did a wonderful job at painting this big picture of what the High Republic was going to be, what it was going to be about, introducing all these characters to us. There's a lot of characters, but <laughs> yeah. I think he did it well. Yeah, is 
good stuff. Yeah. I am excited to see what else he brings to the table. And to keep talking about the High Republic a little bit, there's a, a rumor about that rumored live action show uh, codenamed Grammar Rodeo. It's supposed to be set in the High Republic. And I had read that someone, one of the High Republic authors had been brought on board to help in some compa- capacity, maybe be a creative consultant. So I don't know if that's what this is or if he's a general creative consultant. I kind of hope he is able to consult on everything. But yeah, I'm super happy about that news. I really, really like Charles Soule's work. Cody James asks, if all ships have basically the same interface, if everyone seems to easily know how to fly every ship they get in? I kind of think yes. I think that when it comes to flying ships in Star Wars, for the most part, it's like driving a car in the real world where, you know, you have your different models, your Hondas or Toyotas, but it's all basically the same. You've driven one car, you can probably drive another one. Uh, you might run into, you know, summer stick shift instead of automatic, but you can still probably muddle your way through it. I imagine the Falcon being not only stick shift, but the actual shift thing is like a a wrench that somebody stuck in there and there's like a tennis ball on the top. Uh (laughs) It's just like everything's just held together by tape and hopes and dreams. Uh, Yeah, I think that is an accurate description. (laughs) I mean, and it is like a big rig truck, you know, it's Mm -hmm. supposed to just be a cargo freighter. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And and I don't know, I, I probably absolutely could not drive a big rig truck. But I would know basically what things did. <laughs> I mean, this would explain why Ray could fly the Falcon. If yeah. she had practice on flight simulators before, she had a general idea of how the interface worked. She could get get her up in the sky, get her going. Yeah, like I am willing to accept that pretty much anyone knows how to jump into a ship. And it's just like, yeah, they're all around us so we can fly them. That's the way I've always seen it. It's just space travel is so common and so not uh, crazy. Like, that's something that George Lucas wanted to... He's It's how he wanted to treat everything in Star Wars, is that, you know, a hologram turns on and no one goes like, whoa, a hologram! It's like, <laughs> yep, I've seen that every day of my life. Nothing around me is weird. Mm-hmm. I've experienced all of this before. So I, I think that ships are basically an extension of that. I imagine the only differences could be like, like, I, I think of the Hayblibber a lot, like any underwater ships. I guess that's con- not considered a spaceship, though, is it? Well, no, but I mean, like, I'm almost considering all vehicles to be basically the same. Yeah. You know, like Obi-Wan was uh, driving the bongo. Yeah. So wh- why not? Like, I, I think everything... <laughs> has probably like, oh, there's the go pedal, mm-hmm. and there's the stop pedal. Yeah. Here's the ignition. I mean, I mean Poplu knew how to drive a speeder bike. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He didn't need... Uh... He, he needed no, like, a Bantha instruction. No, he didn't need Boba Fett to tell him how it works. <laughs> On to YouTube questions, Hobnob asks if General Grievous knew about the Death Star. I don't know i don't have a solid answer on this i'm just gonna guess and there might be a like definitive something out there but i'm gonna guess no that's what i was gonna guess too uh he's on like a need to know basis with uh, a dooku and and palpatine i think he's 
in charge of the droid army. I think they were putting a lot of stakes into that and just saying, you know what, you're you're mostly droid at this point. You you got this. Yeah, he's a busy man uh, or cyborg with all of his droids to control. He did in the Crystal Crisis arc uh, have like a mission with a giant kyber crystal. So maybe he knew that it was for some big weapon they were building. But I don't know. The way that the Death Star was developed, it's like it started as a Geonosian project, but then the plans fell into Republic hands, and Palpatine was like, hey, Republic, we should secretly build this. So it was kind of built by both factions at the same time, even if they didn't know it. But I think it was more a Republic project for most of the Clone Wars. So... Grievous probably knew that there was some weapon being built, but didn't know what. Matthew Kelly wants to know if The Mandalorian Season 3 will include recaps from The Book of Boba Fett. I think it's going to have to. I Yeah, I absolutely think it's going to have to. Because my parents uh, really liked The Mandalorian, and they have not finished The Book of Boba Fett yet, and are only really watching it because I was like, you should finish it. If you're going to watch The Mandalorian Season 3, you should finish it. I mean, yeah, how else are you going to know what Grogu's been up to? Yeah, like he's just going to be back. Mm-hmm. And everyone will be like, wait a minute. He'll be back. Boba, or not Boba, Den will have a new ship. There's right. A lot, of, a lot of changes. Yeah, so I think they're going to have to say previously on The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett. Right, because of course, you know, if you hadn't seen The Book of Boba Fett, they're going to be like, hey, missed a lot of stuff. Go watch our other show if you haven't already. Yeah, and I feel like they need to specify the previously on. It's like previously on The Book of Boba Fett as well, Mm -hmm. because people are going to be like, did I miss a season? What happened? When when did Grogu come back? I think they'll do a recap of Mandalorian so far. Then they'll say, you know, previously on Book of Boba Fett, they'll catch us up to what's happened since then with Grogu and everything, and then, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think that just has to be the answer for people who don't know that I have to watch this to fully understand what's happening. Jedi Spartan 38 asks what the Red Nebula near Exegol was and if it's based on any real anomalies. I don't know if it was based on anything real. I'm going to guess no, just because I, I mean, I haven't explored any nebulas but i don't think monsters live in them (laughs) as far as we know yeah uh, as far as we can see i think it was based off of what was originally going to be seen out of the window in empire strikes back at the end when they're in the medical frigate instead of like a a whole other galaxy yeah that was originally going to be like our big red like some kind of cosmic body, but it was going to be red. Yeah, I do remember I, that. Yeah, it was in, I think, the novelization for Empire or something. In the original script, yeah, it was. they looked out the window at some big red thing. So that makes sense. Things from Star Wars are always recycled. Um, but it's, it's basically just kind of another trial to get to Exegol, if we're talking mythologically. Uh, in the Darth Vader comics, we can see that Vader has to fight Assume a Verminoth, like the same giant creature that Solo flew around in uh, in the Kessel Run. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a, there monsters live in there, and you got to be careful. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the road to Exegol is not going to be full of sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> it's going to have a bad guy tunnel that's all red. It can't be any other color. Big scary bad guy tunnel. Yeah, that's all it is. 
Trey2000 wants to know if Obi-Wan could get off of Tatooine with the help of Hondo. I, I like that we are so convinced that Hondo is going to appear in live action at some point. At me too. Like, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. And I am also like, how do we get him in here? Mm-hmm. Will it be Hondo? Uh, I don't think so. I love the idea. But I feel like that's too uh, trusting for Obi-Wan to be like, Hondo, I need to get off Tatooine and also keep it a secret. Well, yeah, I guess there's that. I was going to say that they worked together in the past, but I think when it comes to kind of this final mission of him protecting Luke, uh, yeah, I don't think he would trust Hondo with that information. Unless Hondo thinks that he is dead by the end of it, which is possible, um, I say do not trust Hondo. Or if, you know, he might not tell Hondo what it's for or why he's there, why he's leaving. I think if anyone knows that Obi-Wan is still alive, like more than, you know, anyone needs to, I guess Darth Vader's probably already going to know at the end of it. And that's worse than Hondo knowing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Still, I I don't think I would trust Hondo with anything if I were Obi-Wan. This just feels like... A, a little bit more of a, a serious show, and I think if Hondo comes waltzing in, it might throw off the the mood a little bit. Not saying I don't want it to happen, but I mean, from what we've seen so far and what little we've gotten in the trailer, it doesn't give me the Hondo vibes. But... I agree with you. I, I think that his tone might be a little off. I do think he could fit in the Mandalorian. Yes, uh, I do too. W- with a character like Pelly. Like, Hondo could come in. I I think he and Peli would actually get along great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, seeing him in Obi-Wan, I think I agree. It feels like it's a more serious show. For serious adults who are serious about Star Wars. Serious people only. Joseph Simmons asks, if we knew about the UCS Lego Landspeeder. I surely didn't, but a lot of people thought you did. I didn't. Uh... And I made that video, so this is mostly coming from, uh, I did that, like, everything I love about A New Hope. And I was like, I love the land speeder design, and I would love to see a UCS version of it. And that video came out a couple weeks ago, and then they announced the UCS land speeder, and everyone was like, oh my god, did you know, or are you just willing this into existence? I just willed it into existence, and I made that video, like, a month before it came out. So... That, that was not timed on purpose or anything like that. I think we've been asked a lot on our Lego streams, mm-hmm. what UCS set do you want next? And I've just been like, the land speeder seems cool. That reminds me, actually, that I had called the, the Jabba's Palace one before that came out. It's you not did. a UCS set, but uh, someone asked what other like location set would we want to see after we built the cantina, and I said... Jabba's Palace. You did. Something. Okay, so what set do you want next? While we're being gifted Lego sets by the universe. Uh, like I know. I'm, I need a Lego BD-1, like an official Lego BD-1. Ooh, Give I want something. Give me a UCS life-size. I do want that, too. Mm-hmm. I want something on Octo. I want... Give me the Unetti tree or, like something like that or something like with the prime jedi or the dark side cave i don't think we would get those the unetti tree would be a really cool one that you could open up almost like a little poly pocket set (laughs) 
and have the little books in there. Well, they're doing these dioramas now, and I think that would make a really nice one. You'd have the tree, and then you could also, I think building one of those huts yeah. would be fun. You could, like, blow out the side of one of the huts and pretend, like, Ray shot it. Or, like, push a button, have Luke there, and you push a button and the whole thing explodes. <laughs> yeah. Or I'll just give it to you and you'll drop it. Could put a little sea cow in there with anatomy, anatomy. Not a, <laughs> anatomically Anat correct <laughs> anatomically correct uh parts <laughs> that's all the time we have for questions today if you want to leave a question for next week's video just put it in the comments below or sign up for patreon to join our weekly q a discussion if you haven't already please like this video subscribe to the channel follow us on twitter instagram facebook and tiktok and as always thanks for watching and may the force be with you